It is our privilege today to have Reverend Steve Otley bring the message. He is our district superintendent. Most of you here know him. In fact, a lot of you, some of you know him from back in 1983 when Pastor Steve and Pat first began to worship with us. They arrived here in Toronto, uh, originally from Belize, Central America, and they had attended our Nazarene University down in um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Just want to see if any of you remember. <laughs> Bethany, Oklahoma to be exact. Right, Pastor Steve? That's right. And uh, while attending Rosewood in our previous church building, Pastor Steve felt a call to the ministry during one of our missionary services. And he responded and said, yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. And then he served as our youth minister here at Rosewood Church in the 1990s for almost 10 years. And during that time, he pursued his academic work. During that time, he and Pat also began to raise their children. And many of us know their precious children as well. And then uh, he felt the Lord directing him to start the church in Whitby, and so in the year 2000, he and Pat started the Whitby uh, Church of the Nazarene and uh, led that church with a group from Rosewood originally. Uh, we had a wonderful group of people move to the Whitby area back in the 1990s, some of you will remember, and he led that church for over 13 years, Pastor Steve, if I recall, and then our district superintendent invited him to serve as the assistant district superintendent. And then when Reverend Ian Fitzpatrick became our national director for Canada, we elected Pastor Steve Otley as our district superintendent. And here in Ontario, well, in the Church of the Nazarene, the district superintendent serves in a similar, similar role as that of a bishop in other congregations, other, other uh, denominations, all right? So would you welcome Pastor Steve to the pulpit today? God bless him and his wife and children. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Nick. And notice, uh, notice how we dress. You know, someone. Yeah, someone uh, on the way in told him you trained him well. So there you go. <laughs> oh, it is so good to be at Rosewood this morning. Good morning to you, church family. We, uh, Pat and I, have been looking forward to our time here with you, and I bring you greetings in the name of Jesus, and that's, uh, that's the best name to come to you in. Oh my, uh, Anita, you're, uh, you're okay there now? Yeah, you're not cold anymore? Yeah, he's true to his word. He just, those of you online... Pastor Nick just gave Anita his suit jacket to keep her warm. <laughs> well, I, I was saying that uh, we've been looking forward to being here at Rosewood with you. And uh, I do bring you greetings from our Nazarene Church family across Ontario, across the Canada Central District, almost 60 churches. Um, though COVID has come and is still with us, and it has brought a lot of challenges our way, and, and you know it as well here at Rosewood. Um, God is still 
at work in his church. Amen? He is still at work in his church. And before I get into the message, I do want to, uh, I do want to take a couple of minutes to say thank you. Uh, thank you to, to you, Rosewood. Over, the, over your 43 years of history, you have been faithful in being a team player on this Canada Central District. You have. You, you really have. As, as I think about your pastors, uh, as I think about Pastor Nick and Pastor I could call her Pastor Cindy now. Yeah, she has her district license. She is now pastor, Pastor Lisa. They all have served in various capacities, not only in the local church, but on various boards and committees uh, on the Canada Central District. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Your, some of your lay leaders, many of your lay leaders, continue to serve. You've served and continue to serve on different uh, boards and, and committees on the district. So I am so, so grateful. You have hosted many, many district events here, including our recent district assembly. You continue to be faithful in giving to the district tithe and to World Evangelism Fund. Praise be to God. I just want to sincerely thank you for your generosity. Yeah. And, and there are other ways that you have uh, displayed uh, a spirit of generosity. And one of the recent ones that you are involved with is is sponsoring a family from Ukraine. I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your generosity towards this family. And you've inspired my wife and I so much that we are joining you in giving towards sponsoring that family to come and, and be a part of us here in Toronto. So um, thank you, thank you. And, and we all do our part in this. As you are sponsoring the family from Ukraine, one of our other churches on the district is sponsoring another family from a very sensitive part of the world. I, I don't want to disclose where they're from uh, because we need to protect their identity as they are in hiding. But uh, we're, we're doing this together to try to help those who are in need right here in our own backyard, but from, uh, from places around the world. So, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Nick, Pastor Cindy, thank you for your godly, strong leadership here at Rosewood over these many years, decades. Boy, I can say decades. That's a long time. I remember being here a couple of years ago for your 40th anniversary. So, what, 41, 42 years? Uh, thank you so much for your godly leadership may the Lord continue to give you much fruit for your labor here at Rosewood. Amen? Yes. Well, okay. So there's this verse in Scripture that has, uh, that has been intriguing me in recent days. It's found in the Gospel of Luke. And, and normally... Um, normally, my go-to version of the Bible is the New Living Translation. But for this particular verse, I want to go to the, the New King James Version. And you'll see why I chose that version. 
as I talk about this, this very fascinating, uh, inspiring, and encouraging verse, and is found in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And here's how the New King James Version says it. It says, Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, it's talking about for him to ascend back to heaven. When that time had come, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Steadfastly. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. That statement right there is, it screams purpose, doesn't it? It, 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 it screams determination, doesn't it? And, and, and here's, how the, here's how the Living Bible translates that verse. It, it says, that's Luke chapter 9, verse 51. It says, as the time drew near for his return to heaven, he moved steadily onward toward Jerusalem, listen, with an iron will, with an iron will will. Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. Remember that. Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. Can you picture it? Can, can you picture the determination in Jesus's spirit? Can, can you picture the, the purposeful steps as he moved towards Jerusalem? My, my dad, when he was a young boy growing up in Belize, um, they spent a lot of time on the sea. They spent a lot, Belize, the coast of Belize is dotted with all of these islands, hundreds of them, that we call keys. And so on the summer, the day after school closed for summer, many families would just take a boat and head out to a key and spend the summer there. That's what my dad did. Spent the time fishing. My wife's dad, my father-in-law, did the same thing. The, my, my, my dad's uh, side of the family from his mom, the Moody's, they were seafaring people. So was my wife's family, the Longsworth. Well, they, they were actually pirates. Yeah, doesn't that, Longsworth, doesn't that sound like a pirate name right there? Yeah? But, but they were, they were sea-fearing people and spent a lot of time on the sea. And I, I can remember my dad and I can remember my father-in-law, many of you remember Barney, they would talk about as, as they got on the boat, they were all sailboats, and they would set their sails towards the key. That, 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 there, there, is a, there is a purpose in that, right? They set their sail. There was a purpose. There was a plan. There's a direction. Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. There, there, that's, that is a significant statement that if you, just, if you were just to skim by in a cursory read of the gospel, 
it wouldn't mean much, but if you took the time to really study it, what does it mean? What does it mean that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem? There's a whole lot wrapped up in that statement that I believe can make a world of difference for you and for me today. It can be a real encouragement for us today. Let me ask you, when was the last time you did something on purpose? Like there was a purpose for what you did. Now, I know there's a lot of things that we do routinely. This morning, you probably got out of bed and you shuffled your way into the washroom and you brushed your teeth. I hope you brushed your teeth. If you didn't, just step back. <laughs> you know, but, but, and, and then you, you got dressed and you went downstairs and you had breakfast. If, if, it was, if this was Monday to Friday, you would have gotten in your car or on the TTC and made your way to work. Uh, for, for many of you, the commute is pretty short now because it's right down to your computer as you work from home. Uh, our, our Wi-Fi has been taking a beating as my wife works from home, I work from home, Nicole and, and Dylan were doing school from home, Shauna at one point was teaching from home, so my, my data was really taking a licking. But, but, so th but those are routine things, right? Routine. We, we do them. But I'm talking about what, what, what was it that you've done on purpose recently. Um, recently, my wife and I had the, the pleasure of going to visit my mom and my sister. They live in Illinois, but we were all meeting up in North Carolina. My, my, my sister's family, uh, they do an annual family reunion in, uh, in North Carolina, on the beach, you know? I mean, yeah, what a place to do a reunion. And so, um, and so there were some 30 of us there, and so there, there, was, there was planning. There was, there was a purpose for this. My, my wife's mother-in-law had passed away during COVID, and so they invited Pat and myself to be a part of the reunion, and I, uh, I led a memorial service on the beach, for, uh, for Brett's mom. And, and so there, there, was, there was coordination that had to take place. You know, we had to coordinate with the family when we were going to go. We had to coordinate um, getting time off work. Everyone had to coordinate that. We had to figure out rental of, uh, of a couple beach houses that would house us. We, we had to figure out who was going to buy the food and who was going to cook on a particular day. So you get the picture, right? There, there is planning. There is purpose to it. Well, this statement in Luke 9, 51 screams purpose. Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. There is purpose behind that statement. There is planning behind that statement. In fact, the planning began way back at the beginning of time that Jesus was going to set his face towards Jerusalem. So just hold that thought for a second. The question is, well, what was so important in Jerusalem that Jesus set his face 
towards Jerusalem? What was so important? Why in the world was Jesus so determined to go to Jerusalem? Why, why were his steps so purposeful towards Jerusalem? Well, first of all, Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem to fix what was broken. To fix what was broken. This was his purpose. This was why he was doing what he did. Think back to the creation story. In the very first book of the Bible, in the book of, of Genesis, think back as you read the creation narrative in the very first chapter, you come to understand that when God created, he created perfection, right? It was, it was perfect, it, it, he described it. He said, it is what? Good. It is good. That's how he described it. I, I've become very interested in the, uh, in the Hebrew word that is actually used in the original text in Genesis. The word is tov. T-O-V. Tov. And, and, and that's the word that God used. It says... It is tov. It is good. And, and a, it, it's translated directly into English as the word good. But it is, it is so much more rich than how we understand the word good. If, if you were to look up that word tov, you would find out that, that some of the words, some of the English words that describe that word, the fullness of that word, are words like pleasing. It, it is pleasing. It, it, is, it is beautiful. It is fruitful. It, it is morally correct. That, that's what God was thinking when he looked down on his creation. It is, it is the best. No one could do it any better. It is the best. It is correct. It is cheerful it is fine not in the way that no it's fine no it is fine <laughs> right it, it, you get it? it it's a it's a well-rounded word it it encapsulates all the goodness and all the essence in those other words the qualities of those other words tov gets it it's well-rounded can you imagine God sitting back after, at the end of the day, and he's, you know, he just folds his arms and he looks down on creation. He goes, mmm, that's tov. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he looks down and he goes, oh, man, those Canadian Rockies. Man, I did a good job. That's tov. Now he looks down, he goes, that seven-mile beach in the grill, oh, man. Yeah, that's Tov. I know for a fact the day after he created my wife, he stepped back and he goes, that is fine. <laughs> ah. See, I, I needed those brownie points, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
tov. To, tov, tov, it, it's, it's life-giving, right? It, it's life-giving. You, you see that in how God created man and woman to live in relationship. Scripture tells us that this is why a man will leave his father and his mother and come together with his wife and the two will become one flesh and they will reproduce and bear new life. And I hear there's new life around Rosewood here. Thanks, Raven, for bringing new life. Yeah, this is a good thing. You know, that, 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 that picture, right, of reproduction and, and goodness and and bearing fruit, and, and, and you see it in Genesis 1, 11, and 12. You see God creating seed-bearing plants and fruits and, 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 and that bear fruits and plants that bear other fruits and plants. It's a, it's a life-giving cycle that God created. So that's, that's, that's Tov. The problem is that something went terribly wrong not too long after creation. When, when humanity with Adam and Eve as our spokesperson, when we stepped back and we said to God, step off God, step back, I, I don't want you to run my life, I want to do my own thing. When humanity said that to God, Tov, was shattered. Yeah? Tov got, got twisted. Tov became corrupt. And what was once life-giving became life-taking. Yeah? It, it became death-infused, actually. And, and, and relationships got shattered. And we see that in Cain and Abel, the first murder that was recorded in, in, in Scripture. We see how relationships to the extreme got shattered. We, we, creation began to groan under the weight of famines and, 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 and severe weather events. And, and so everything became broken and shattered. And all of creation, all of creation, all of humanity was broken, including you and me. But the good news is, that's the bad news. <laughs> the good news is that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem to fix what was broken. That, that, was, that was his purpose. Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem on purpose for you and for me. Amen. Amen. This, this is absolutely good news. And, and if you're sitting here this morning in this beautiful sanctuary or, or at home on your sofa or wherever you are, if you're sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, man, I am so frustrated with myself. I, I'm so frustrated with the, the state of the world. I've tried everything to fix myself, and it just hasn't worked. 
I've tried to break this addiction that has had a hold on me for years, and I can't. My, My marriage is all messed up. My finances are so tight, and this 8% plus inflation is just killing me that there isn't enough. There is more month than money. You know how that is? Yeah? My, my, my relationship with my kids is up the creek. My, my, my relationship with my parents is at its all-time low. My health is no good and the healthcare system is under so much pressure because of COVID and all the fallout that that has caused. I'm, 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 maybe you're, maybe you're, ju- you're just stressed out about all these things. You're, you're sitting here this morning, you're, you're stressed out about the, the state of the world with wars and pandemics and and you're saying, man, I, I'm sitting here and, and I know I look peaceful, but under the water, I'm like the duck. The, the legs are just going a mile a minute, and I have no rest. I, I feel spiritually empty and far away from God. Have you ever felt that way? Be honest. Maybe you know someone who is feeling that way and experiencing some of those emotions? Are, are, are you sitting here thinking, these are some of the things that are sucking the life out of me? Well, I am here to remind you that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem to address what you are feeling right now. He, he did it so that you could be infused with his life. If you're feeling like life is is being sucked out of you, know that Jesus went to the cross and then he rose again so that you can experience that resurrection life. The power that raised him from the dead is available now to you and me to live inside of us. Amen? He... He went to the cross so that you could be freed from the addiction. He he went to the cross so that you could break free from self-centeredness. He went to the cross so that you can have a relationship with the God who created you. He went to the cross so that you can have eternal life. He went to the cross so that you can experience His complete joy and peace, even in the midst of all the different things I've been talking about here, you can experience his joy and his peace. That's why Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. I think we need to give Jesus a hand right now. Amen. Now, if you're tempted, if you're tempted to ask the question whether God loves you or not, I think this next next truth is going to be an encouragement to you. Because not only did Jesus set his face towards 
Jerusalem to fix what was broken, but Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem knowing the pain that he would experience in Jerusalem. In one of the later chapters in Luke, it speaks to what Jesus knew he was going to experience once he got to Jerusalem. In Luke chapter 18, from Luke chapter 9, he's, he's going purposefully towards Jerusalem, and along the way, he's doing ministry. And now we get to Luke chapter 18, and once again, starting in verse 31, he talks about the need to go to Jerusalem. Verse 31 says, Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus said, Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man, that's him, will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans and he will be mocked. He will be treated shamefully. He will be spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him. He knows this. Like, this is before he gets there. He's saying, I'm going to Jerusalem, and this is what's going to happen to me. Disciples didn't quite understand what he was talking about. Later on, they did. But Jesus knew this. I, I, I hope that the scope of how much God loves you in these verses comes true. I, I, I trust that you know how valuable you are to God. I am often reminded of uh, uh, the Southern Gospel song that talks, you've probably heard me quote this before, but it, the words just stick out. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. You were on his mind. When Jesus, when all this stuff that he talks about in verse 31 to 33, when all this stuff was happening to his body, Jesus was doing it for you. Now, I, I love your pastor. I love Pastor Nick. Pastor Nick, I love you, brother. Yeah. Would I, um, would I take others mocking me for Pastor Nick? Absolutely. He probably took a lot of mocking when he put this rookie green pastor up on this pulpit back in 1992 to preach his first sermon. By the way, that passage that Bria read earlier, that was the first passage I ever preached from in, in Rosewood. Oh, I, oh, all this stuff coming together, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would take some mocking for Pastor Nick. Yeah. Um, would I allow myself to be treated shamefully for Pastor Nick? Absolutely. He's my brother. I, you know, if someone wants to treat me shamefully for that, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Would I allow someone to spit on me on behalf of Pat? Well, are we talking in COVID times or? <laughs> now we're getting a little more serious here, right? Would, would I take 
a flogging on behalf of Pastor Nick. Now you're asking a little bit too much here, Pastor Nick. After all, the instrument that was used for flogging was a brutal, cruel instrument. We're talking about a strap with, 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 different, with a lot of different straps coming out of it that embedded in there were bones and metal, and it literally stripped the flesh off Jesus. He knew it. He set his face towards Jerusalem. Would I allow myself to be killed for Pastor Nick? I mean, we're now we're talking about driving spikes into my hands and into my feet. Jesus knew this. And yet, he set his face towards Jerusalem because he loved you so much. Jesus knew the kind of cruel pain that would be exacted on his body for you. But yet Jesus loved you on purpose. On purpose. Folks, this is absolutely good news. Jesus did this so that you and I and all of creation could be made whole once again so that we can experience Tov once again. He did it so that he could fix what was broken when we said to him, back off. Now here's, and I, and I, I begin to end, notice I said I begin to end, not ending yet. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm getting close. There, here's, here's a very important question for all of us this morning. The question is, how will you respond to this kind of love? How, how will you respond to the purposeful love that Jesus displayed as he set his face towards Jerusalem. We have, all of us have a choice this morning. For, for many of us, we made that choice. Those who are here, those of you who are online, many of us made that choice some years ago or maybe just recently for some. But for many, we've made that choice. For me, I was about 12 years old when I knelt beside my bed at 5A Berkeley Street in Belize City. <laughs> and, 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 and even at that young age, I knew I had messed up. And I asked God to forgive me and to come into my life and to, and to transform me. That, 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 that was the decision I made. And, and, and Jesus took up residence in my heart that day. And that decision changed the trajectory of my life forever. And so my response this morning to this good news reminder of the, the kind of love that Jesus had and has for me makes me simply want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you. 
And for many of us here this morning, that's the decision you need to make, is to continually thank God for His love towards you. Some of you here this morning that are listening here or online, you're thinking, man, I have never made that decision. Well, guess what? You can. You you could do it right here, right now. And, And what better opportunity than on this Sunday, this Lord's Day, this first Sunday of August to say yes to Jesus. To say, ah, yes, I recognize now, I see it, how much you love me, how much you want to transform my life, how much you want to maybe not take me out of the circumstances that I find myself, but in those circumstances, how you want to journey with me, how you want to give me your peace and your joy in the midst of it, I recognize it now, and today I want to say yes to you, Jesus. If you are here this morning, in just a couple minutes, I'm going to invite, in fact, the worship team can start making your way up here now. They're going to start singing. If you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and he has been saying to you, today is the day, you can make your way purposefully to the foot of the cross where Jesus waits with open arms to say welcome welcome come I don't care what your past is I don't care what you've done in the past I don't care what your present is I don't care how messed up it is come come let me let me journey with you let me let let me infuse life into you and let's work at fixing the things in your life. If you're here this morning, I invite you to walk down to this altar. Or if you are at home, you can make that sofa, you can make that chair that you're sitting in your place of altar. And you can say yes to Jesus. Father, so thankful, so thankful for the kind of love that you have for us that you sent your son Jesus who set his face towards Jerusalem on purpose so that the brokenness the shatteredness could be repaired Father, I pray for that one person or persons here in this sanctuary this morning or online who you have been speaking to and you are saying to them, today is the day. Make a decision. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit won't let them go, but that your prevenient grace would continue to be at work even as we sing this song. Lead me to Calvary this morning. I am so thankful for the cross. Thank you for what you did, Jesus. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.